Hi, this is Karina Givagazov from Mission Magazine. I'm the founder of Mission, the first philanthropic media brand. And I do these podcasts with Charlene Spiteri, the lead singer and songwriter of a really great band called Texas. If you're just tuning in, then I highly recommend you have a listen to her music because it's really great. We're fortunate we can still do these from anywhere in the world. I'm currently hunkered down in London. She's making sure my elderly father stays inside as he's high risk. Oh, what awful times these are, but I like to think of an onward and upward approach to all of this. And our next guest actually gives us a glimpse into a different world, somewhere you can just escape and dream. She's someone that I met about a month ago now, which seems five years ago. I met her at the Bowery Hotel in New York City. Uh, it's a few blocks from Mission's offices, actually. And I met her, I think it was a Monday evening after having a frantic day walking around meetings. And I just instantly liked her. She was warm, seemed sincere. I felt like I was sitting next to Audrey Hepburn. She was so elegant and of such a wonderful, quiet presence about her. There was such a calming aura. It was very, very magical. And it's actually quite interesting when you think of her career and what she does and how intense and massive scale it is that she does these events around Singapore that I am sure are the talk of the town. Um, she counts Ferrari, The Four Seasons, Deloitte, Diana von Fustenberg, American Express, Calvin Klein. She counts them all as clients where she thinks outside the box to give them memorable events. I actually was very privileged when I met her in New York to see a book. She has just done a beautiful coffee table book called Save the Date. And that really is a great encyclopedia of her career and what she's achieved from working with amazing people like Valentino. So our next guest is Olga Iserlis, one of the most exquisite event planners I've ever, ever come across and had the privilege to meet and also interview for this podcast. But what I also loved about Olga was learning that she's involved in some philanthropic work in Singapore as well. That's very important to her. And through the arts and animals, they offer educational therapy to underprivileged or struggling youth in Singapore and it's something she's deeply passionate about and so obviously we had to have on the podcast so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're all keeping safe and keeping optimistic and hopeful and God willing we'll be all through this safe and sound not long. Okay take care. Hey, Olga. Olga, hello. Hello. This is fantastic. It's amazing how the world becomes so small these days through all these connections and connectivity, especially now. Yes, it makes anything's possible. Anything's possible. So th thank you so much for doing this with us. It's a pleasure. It's been, I have to say, Charlene, I'll, I'll, I met Olga, feels a lifetime ago, considering what the current climate is, but I think it maybe was only three or four weeks ago. Uh, the Barry Hotel in, in New York. And I have to say, it's so elegant and softly spoken and, and cultured. And then I look at the events that you do, it's like, my God, that takes an army. Yeah, yeah I was looking as well. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. And we really want to just discuss and talk about these incredible events and the creativity behind it. And the process behind all of that and how actually I think a lot of that connects to your philanthropic 
achievements as well with Equal and the Singapore Repertory Theatre. I'm, I'm sure there's loads and loads of crossovers. Right. So I kind of wanted to, I, I suppose my initial thing is like, how did you get started in, in kind of creative trajectory you're working in now? Mm, to be honest with you, it actually started totally by chance. Uh, I come from medical family. I have my master's in healthcare, uh, marketing uh, and finance, but I not really a very corporate person. I haven't really worked that much in a, in a corporate field or in a hospital field, although I did uh, work a little bit in this field. And uh, somehow I got myself involved uh, with uh, one of the fundraising events, actually. I was invited to participate uh, in staging the event for the American Association Gala. It was many, many years ago. It was about 24 years ago, I would say. Uh, and. Um, uh, this is how it all started. But actually, I should start a little bit earlier. I've been wearing a number of hats in my life. And uh, I've written a book called Save the Date. It's um, a coffee table book. And I actually talk about my life's journey and some of the tips and behind the scenes of some of my projects in some of my events. So uh, there is a chapter in this book called From Bagels to Beluga. And this is exactly what it is. I, I In my previous life, I should say, I started the company they called uh, Brooklyn Bagels, and we, me and my partner, we, we did yes, and we brought the bagels to Singapore. So that's that's um, basically that's how it started. How I got to be to be known, and as some people called me, uh, most of the people called me the Bagel Lady, but people who really loved me, they called me Bagel Queen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I brought basically the product that was absolutely not known and at that time in Singapore because people didn't know how to eat bread, to be honest with you, uh, to the extent that they eat bread now. Um, so when I started to work on my uh, first uh, charity event, fundraising event, where I was part of the team, uh, uh, quite a number of people already knew me through through uh, Brooklyn Bagels. And uh, basically, uh, after that, I probably revamped a bit that whole gala, and people started to approach me, and I had some of the major brands, luxury brands, approaching me after that uh, gala to do uh, in, in some of the activations for them. And that's how it all started, and it evolved into something bigger than life, I would say. But it was not planned, it was not learned, it was not masterminded in any way. I just wanted to give back to the society. I wanted to do something meaningful and uh, basically do things that uh, are close to my heart. And uh, from then onwards, I started to have to do events for clients, build my client base. I've been to a couple of gala things um, in New York City and, and I've researched stuff in the past when we started to launch Mission and I have to say, Olga, I don't think I've come across anything quite as spectacular as as what you do. It's just... Thank you. It's enormous and I think that's... It's a bit kind of... I feel that what we've done with Mission is that if you have creativity and it's really in you, you can do anything. It's just having the vision and I think that that's... What I find so inspiring and incredible about all the events you've done. Olga, can I see when you, like, for instance, when a client comes to you to ask you to do an event, like yes. now you've obviously built up, you've been doing it for many years, you've got 25 years behind you, but do you have like a, do you have like a 
like when you have an idea, how far ahead is the idea that, that that you've had? Maybe that then you have something that comes back to you. Like I'm a songwriter and a musician, so sometimes I'll have an idea for a song or something and it's done many years beforehand and then suddenly I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that one for this album or for whatever. Do you have like a vat of ideas that you then link to the client? Right. Well, uh, there are a few different things and a few different uh, activations, I should say. Some of them, at the, I have the carte blanche to create an event or it, it usually is for charity. And uh, when we are not restricted most of the time by certain brand. However, if we have a certain brand who is uh, the presenting sponsor, for example, of course, we do take a huge consideration for their needs and uh, the branding and some of the ideas. I'll give an example. Last year, uh, we've done an event. It's a fundraiser, annual fundraiser for Singapore Repertory Theatre. And uh, HBO was our main sponsor. And we've done an event of um, with the team Game of Thrones because it was a launch of the last season of Game of Thrones. So that obviously was, uh, the theme was kind of given to me by the sponsor and we, I created this incredible medieval and set uh, and party in a, in a movie theater that uh, we basically revamped and done it and uh, as a ballroom. So that was very cool. Sometimes I have an opportunity to create an event, a theme for it, based on just my dreams so based on a movie that i saw based on a music or on a song that i've listened to based on a color based on the on the raindrops based on uh, on um, anything you know i've had many many different themes for my parties including strawberries and cream and illusions and graffiti party and uh, and at all all these themes really came from my heart and from my soul and from my uh, inspirations from all over the place. When I do the events, however, for the for the clients, for the brands, of course, I get a very precise brief, and I don't have that much of uh, freedom to create something different. But I must say, some of the brands I, I are very open minded, and we discuss and we find the way how to express even their branding on from a different perspective with a little bit more depth to it uh, rather than just uh, an advertising of their amazing uh, product or amazing services and uh, i'll give you one example uh, last year uh, we've created the lamborghini lounge it was just before the grand prix and that emphasis was to show the lamborghini's uh, culture the lamborghini's dna rather than just a um, very bold presentation of their brand. And I feel that uh, this is what the brands are going to do is moving forward. I played at the Grand Prix and I was actually in Singapore at the time. And I know really? Party, yeah. um, it's extraordinary. I wish you would have known me. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I was actually going to ask you that because <laughs> the extent that, I mean, Singapore seems as a, as, as a, a city to, to be so... I mean, I've never seen the the size and the the the, the detail, the, the the attention to detail that was taken over those that that those weeks of of the Grand Prix when when we were there. The organisation was phenomenal with parties and events and everything, and 
I mean, it's such a city that seems very, very geared to putting on these extravagant and wonderful events. And um, do you feel that 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 is the case with Singapore? That is, it's geared itself up to be kind of like the hub. Absolutely, absolutely. Singapore is um, flourishing. Well, we are definitely going like all the whole world through a very difficult time at the moment, a quiet times. But in general, Singapore is full of amazing activities, activations, uh, uh, interesting events. Uh, culture i have to tell you that some of the some of the concerts and some of the uh, theater performances or ballet performances that i've seen in singapore are totally sold out somewhere else in the world so we are actually very very lucky to be exposed to so many different events uh, that are coming our way as well as the local productions and the local concerts and the local art scene is definitely flourishing and of course, it's, everything's logistically very, very well uh, organized. And uh, uh, we are very grateful to the government and to the National Arts Council and to um, all of us to, to who promoting the, this flamboyancy and uh, life in general in Singapore. It's the same with restaurants. Restaurant scenes is booming. You know, ma- amazing chefs are coming here to establish their own restaurants or to consult or to... Uh, to do so many different things. So I don't understand. Sometimes people say that Singapore is boring. It's absolutely incorrect. That means they just, they, they just, they just, yes, don't know exactly what sometimes is happening. I think, I think that's as well that I liked what, <coughs> excuse me, that you said about that you're part of the Singapore Repertory Theatre. And when I was kind of really researching that, I love that Singapore gives back to the youth the art for the youth and that there's a mentoring program in place with that because I found that being in New York, it's, you know, it's incredibly expensive to go to the theatre or to the ballet or to anything that's culturally um, educational. And there's, I went to see a play a few years ago that was had some young actor, and there was a lot of youngsters there, which I, was so unusual to see. And I thought, gosh, it's super expensive. So I love that Singapore. I've, I've noticed that. And and um, how did you get involved with the Singapore SRT? Absolutely, so yeah, I. Yes, well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a cultural person by nature. I promote, support, and breathe the art and culture in theater. This is how we grew up. I mean, I, I was uh, born in St. Petersburg in, in Russia, and the, the cultural education and cultural activities were basically non-negotiable. And as my mother was saying, the health and, and education are non-negotiable. So I grew up with this cultural uh, program every weekend. We went, my parents brought me either to the theater or to the concert or to the Philharmonia orchestra concerts or to, to the ballet. So for me, it was a part of life. It was definitely, you know, I, I was not able to function otherwise. So, of course, when I, I um, just arrived to Singapore after several years, I learned about the Singapore Repertory Theater and have linked myself uh, by supporting uh, them and by becoming a theater goer in general. And uh, I met the creative director, Gaurav Kripalani, at that time. And I've become a part of them in terms of uh, the support, in terms of fundraising. And then I become the one of the director on the board of directors uh, for Singapore Repertory Theater. And I've been with them since then for over 20 years. Wow. Amazing. That's amazing. And I have to say, I love, I really love learning about the Equal program, horse therapy. I thought that was absolutely incredible. Yes. 
Oh, the equals. So this, this, this is there. This is also actually, it's all linked. As you can see, there are different ways of educating people, of, of giving back to the society, educating children, just like SRT, you know, learning and engagement program is really committed to bringing meaningful and rele relevant programs to the students, teachers, and emerging theta talents. Basically, they, we, we try to uh, build the confidence in 21st century skills for, for different kinds of groups and from youth group to team building skills and uh, uh, that we do create bespoke programs. So, uh, and Equal is actually another bespoke pro uh, program where uh, they use the uh, horses to help the, and to educate and to treat the uh, children with special needs. And it all goes, that's what we do for SRT as well. We do offer the platform for the special needs children to participate and to be part of their cultural and theater community. We have special educators and mentorship for emerging talents, for uh, young people, for skill development and drama and uh, different, really, really many, many different programs. If it, it feels like they both feed off each other, like your, your events that you do with clients, big events, then you can use those skill sets or those contacts to go into other, like all your philanthropic events and fundraising, that there's a crossover there. Well, yes, because to me, and I, I, I'm totally convinced that raising money is extremely important thing to do, but it doesn't have to be very uh, stern. It doesn't have to be very boring. That's why all my events, um, I create the memories. I create the experiences. I don't do them. I don't repeat really myself. I create, that's why I give a burst to every single activation, to every single event. Uh, it comes from my soul, it comes from my heart, and uh, even for, for many brands, the events that I create with them, I always try somehow to insert the educational element into it. I want people to be challenged, I want people to go perhaps and uh, Google what they don't know and uh, just to um, enhance their, their life. Because, you know, people in, in this world, they go to so many different events, dinners, lectures, uh, talks. And I need my, my I don't know, challenge, of course, but uh, my goal is for these people to remember this event. So, and it's human nature that they might not remember everything, but they will remember an element, whether it's, uh, whether it's uh, lighting, whether it's uh, um, entertainment, whether it's a special touch, whether it's special scent, whether something has to click to their mind that they will remember, whether it's a venue, an unusual theme, anything and everything. It's like um, weaving the, the, the lace. You just lace it up with different elements, with different very special details. I think whenever I think whenever you go to an event, or you know, whenever I've gone to an event, or wherever, or, or whenever I've played an event, I think the ones that really stick with you are the ones that when you suddenly feel it's that moment where you're you're just in the moment of where you've escaped everyday normal life I think that I think that's when an event really takes you and it's not just about it's not just about you know because some people might be listening thinking oh it's just if people put lots of money into something or you know it costs a lot of money that's that's not really the case because I've been to events that haven't cost a lot and I've been to events that have cost a, a, a ridiculous amount of money but it's about the person that's creating it and, and and I think if you I think if you love what you do and you you have a great respect for 
the people and the, the money that you're raising or the event you're putting on I think that you can feel that within it because you know sometimes you can feel that people come to come to the table with like let's just see who can do it let's see what bands can play it let's just try and get the biggest names let's just try and get her where there's other people that you that come to you and say look we're doing this event and this is our idea just to give you know an idea for the listeners a different side of the story of of how things are done and when someone comes to you and says look this is what we're feeling and we feel this is where you fit into the event I think when that happens in an event it feels real and it feels true and I think think people can smell that I think you can feel that when they're there absolutely and I do have my signature um I, I I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I do have my signatures of one, and uh, I uh, I do I am very mindful about my guests and about my sponsors and about the charity and about the clients. And I uh, really really love to create the celebrations of life. I am very cautious about it and conscious about it. I'm also a foodie, so every element goes from one into another. I believe in details. I believe in telling the story. I think that is felt in my events, I hope. <laughs> yes, well, I think, like, you know, you're saying about making an experience and something special. I don't think I've been to as many events as, as you guys, but the ones I have done that have been fundraisers, Exactly what you've said, Olga. They've just been the generic um, sit-down gala dinner and everyone leaves after the pudding and the speech and it's just been deeply boring and disappointing. And I think that's where you create something so magical and special. I don't do boring events, Karina, for sure. I, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> you can see my book. And actually, you know, I do have uh, interesting stories and the behind and behind the scenes and a little bit about the process of my thinking perhaps of my create creative uh, process i should say in this book so yes yeah it's an art it's there it's an art i mean there is an art to doing anything i mean i would say that whenever you see someone anyone whether that's someone that's even working in a, a grocery store piling like whatever they're doing if someone whenever someone does something well and you know you have to respect that it's like yeah that is it's just wonderful to see someone that's very 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 good at what they do and that's quite clearly the case Olga how do you think that what's happening in the world right now with COVID-19 that it's going to affect these massive fundraisers do you think people will pull back a bit um obviously financially with what's happening in the world it's going to be difficult well, uh, of course, we are all very much affected, and uh, uh, the less fortunate uh, definitely affected even more. So the fundraising has become has become and is becoming, I can see it, much more challenging. On one hand, on the other hand, I can see and I can feel that people becoming uh, uh, more giving and the, the better Samaritans. And I hear left and right that, you know, uh, maybe we shouldn't spend money this month. Let's donate this money to the people on the front row the, or the doctors or the nurses. So, or, you know, and we understand that, they, that education right now is important. So I have a feeling that uh, it's definitely going to be extremely challenging that, the, of course, people are suffering financially on all levels. Um, I do hope, however, that people... Ha- will open their hearts more, maybe um, um, perhaps for the lower amounts, 
but the hearts will be open. People will want to do something to give back to the society. And also in terms of education right now, I feel that it's definitely a very, very, very good time to engage and to invest and to support the education because this is what uh, is uh, left. You know, you might not be able to afford to buy another um, expensive piece of jewelry or, or, in a, or something else, but you will engage in a different ways with uh, culture, with um, art, with music, uh, with enhancing yourself. So I think it will be more and more all about experiences. Because even to, to be honest with you, even uh, with uh, different brands, and I'm talking to a number of brands right now uh, about different um, interesting activations and experiences that they can engage their clients with. Because uh, even if you want to sell another pair of shoes or another dress or another watch or another earrings, there are different ways, certain ways how you can do it. And I believe that just hard sell perhaps is not going to work but uh, uh, selling it in a meaningful way, in an interesting way, uh, keeping in mind the sustainability issues, keeping in mind uh, environmental issues, and keeping in mind the educational issue in general, definitely is going to be the key factor. I can see it, I can, I can hear it, I, I can hear it from my dear friends uh, from the fashion world, including Diane von Pastenborg and uh, Gabriella Hurst and uh, Frank Sorbia and so many others. No, and I was going to say that I think because this is what's happening, it's, it's affecting everybody around the world. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your financial income. And I've often felt that you can't teach empathy to someone until like people unless you experience something I feel and I think this is I think you're completely right in saying that I hope that you know people have changed and want to give back in whichever way that they're able to and I just hope that this has brought such a a kind of a worldwide coming together really a community together of everyone supporting each other when we move forward when we can kind of try and get back to normal I, I hope that it does People are more giving in, in ways that they can and possibly haven't in the past. But I think, you know, from this as well, you know, when you have times like this, creativity really blooms because you have to think outside the box. and You have to think about different ways that you can still do your job that you couldn't do beforehand. And I think technology is going to play a big part in this moving forward and thinking outside the box. Absolutely. And I, I feel also, on the other hand, people are getting bored, to be honest with you. And I hear it. I hear it all the time, even here, this few days from my friends, from team members, from people who who I work with and for the brands as well. I think we're all looking forward to come out of this uh, um, incredibly difficult uh, situation and time. And uh, I I feel and I hope, you know, you, you always have to have hope that we just will start to enjoy life perhaps in a, from a different angle with a different perspective uh, with a with a different em- emotions even a, a, but we will embrace it yes no completely completely i think that's that's kind of what i'd always said with mission that i was obviously that came from my tragedy to do something of giving back but i also i found my past career as a stylist that the fashion industry kind of for me was broken and it was boring. I found it very just unexciting and, and just to try and do something different, but in an educational way. And I think Charlene's related to an organization. It's Click Sergeant, isn't it, Charlene? 
Yeah. Um, so she's connected to a, a charity and, and you're also, you know, have your giving back. So we know that and we see that. And I, I hope that others see that too. Yeah, I mean, the food banks and everything. I mean, there's so many important for, for all of us to give back um, from especially, you know, when you have been in a situation where you've seen um, tragedy and things happen and how hard people have had to work to keep themselves on their feet. I think you really do, especially when you have a certain amount of success to try and use the skills that you have to give back um, in any way. Absolutely. If you remember, even during the World War II, people, you know, the art and culture and the concerts, they were brought into the field to support to support the people, to support the army, to help uh, the um, uh, wounded people in the hospitals to recover. So I have a feeling that, uh, in general, this is what's happening right now and it will continue happening. Yes, no, I, I agree. I strongly believe in it. And it's the same for brands. The same brands are really, really brands and uh, uh, big companies, uh, luxury companies, as well as uh, financial companies, uh, like, for example, Deloitte. They're doing so much for environment, for the people, and for um, giving back to the society. And SRT actually working very close with uh, Deloitte as well on uh, several uh, initiatives. Well, that's great because you think these companies have the money and they've got the manpower to do that, but it's just the mindset on some haven't changed to want to be able to make a difference. But I think this has had such a catastrophic effect on everybody that we had no idea or still don't know what's going, it's going on. No, still don't know. But, you know, all these brands now are starting to, especially in the luxury sector, like Dior making hand sanitizer, Gucci making a pledge, Saks making a pledge. It's it's fantastic to see Prada donating equipment to hospitals. It's these all these massive corporations, they have the ability to do it. And I think in the past, not everybody had done that because it hadn't affected them directly. Whereas this now affects everybody. Someone's connected to this. It's in your news. We all want to do good. So I think there's enormous opportunities to give back. And I agree with you, Olga. I think we always, always, always have to have hope. Oh, absolutely. It's like, absolutely. And uh, even like, I really like the quote of Anne Frank. She said, I don't think of all the misery, but of the beauty that still remains. And it's true. The beauty in the world still remains and we have to enhance it and we have to highlight it. And uh, I am really very determined to think positive thoughts, to, to think happy thoughts. Because if we, we, the fear is the biggest, the fear in general is the, is the biggest actually epidemic around all of us. We somehow need to deal with it. Well, Olga, thank you so much for taking your time. My pleasure. It's amazing that we're all connected one way or another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been so insightful. And take care. Thank you very much for talking to me. And keep safe. Thank you, Olga. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for listening to our guest, Olga. Charlene and I love meeting all these different people and learning about their remarkable professions. It's been such an education so far. This actually nicely leads me on to our next guest. This person is such a humble, talented and kind human being. When it comes to giving back, he really walks the talk. So I hope you do stay tuned for our next guest. It's the amazing designer, Philip Lim. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of Mission. Please be safe and well. Take care for now and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.